Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You're listening to Comedy Central. All right. This one's a doozy. Now hiring. Daily Show host Trevor Noah has announced he will leave The Daily Show. During the taping of the Comedy Central program, Trevor noted it had been seven years since he replaced Jon Stewart, decided it was time to do other things, and he will depart at a time to be determined later. He said, Hang on, that's Trevor Noah telling me to shut up. My name is Roy. This is my job fair. Wednesday is the most beautiful day of the week. I don't know when you're listening to this acoustical radio presentation, but just know that it is served up, fried, and pulled out the oven fresh on Wednesdays. We're going to talk about music today, the death of music, and the ways that we can keep the music in the schools. We're going to talk with a band leader. Is he a band leader or a choir director, JG? I can't remember He's which one. a choir one. director, but I think he's done band as well. I just said it with that octave. I just said music, and both of them shits is music. He's well, you asked the question about not that delineation, oh. so jeez. <laughs> but wait a minute. I hear what you're doing, but we're not going to talk about you being three for three. Oh, you talking about the June <laughs> the Choco Taco and not Trevor Noah. Yeah, yeah. Man, my dog said he want to do other things. You know, he said he want to do a little bit of travel. Said he miss being out on the road, miss learning other languages. I ain't never miss learning a fucking language. Now you <laughs> keep that. Just, you already speak like seven of them. When he opened up to tell everyone, he started with Roy Wood Jr. told me that I've been here for X number of years, and that made me start to think. Yeah. Look at him, Roy. You need to use your powers for good. Listen, I wasn't trying to make the boy quit. I was just telling the man, yo, man, tonight been seven years, man. That's, that's pretty cool, huh? I didn't know that he was going to walk away from that conversation and go, oh, what the fuck, seven years? What have I been doing? I don't, I don't have a child. I gotta, I gotta go kiss Dua Lupia. Is that how you pronounce her name? D- D- Dua Lipa. Yeah, exactly. I'm too old. Lipa, I'm not sir. a demo. It's fine. It's an honest mistake. I'm sure okay. Dua Lipa will understand that I messed up her last name. Let me just tell y'all right now, I don't know shit. Oh, okay. Dang. I don't know shit about who the next host gonna be. I don't know shit about who they looking at. All right. Uh-huh. I show up to work. I do my job. I come home. I play chess with my child. Oh. That's what I do. 
I have no insider information for the two of you, but I will say this. If either of you think that I should be the next host of The Daily Show, I need both of you to shut the fuck up because both of y'all, you jinx me on Jeopardy. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) And you jinx me on James Corden. As far as I know, they ain't named a successor to Corden yet, but as far as I know, I ain't been chose yet, so I didn't get either of them calls. And either of them calls came through yet. Trevor said, quote, I spent two years in my apartment, not on the road, and when I got back out on the road, I realized there was a Another part of my life. Wait, let me do. I spent two years in my apartment. Not a little bit. When I got back out there, Aww. why does it all sound British? Out there, <laughs> I know everything. Uh, when I got back out there. He said, "There's another part of my life out there. I want to carry on exploring. I miss learning other languages. I miss going to other countries and putting on shows. I've loved hosting this show. I've loved trying to find a way to make people laugh, even when the stories are particularly shitty. Hmm. We laugh together." We've cried together, end quote. I'll say one thing about him. You obviously work with him closely, but when we, when we were at the Emmys and you introduced me to him, he leaned in and he actually heard my name and repeated it back to me. I mean, that is just wonderful and magnanimous. I, I love those types of things. So it was very nice to meet him in that realm and to see where he's going next. He's a personable dude. Uh, very like nice. I got a question for y'all. Mm-hmm. Question: When you work in a newsroom day in and day out, or news-related things, the stories, regardless of how well you make fun of them or how well you can find the light in them, tend to wear you down after a while. Do you think that? Oh yes. Do you think that this might also have something to do with it? I mean, I love the nice, uh, frilly way that he said what he said, but you know, being burnt out in the newsroom is a, is a, is a super real thing, and man. Like it's a lot as of pressure. much as his desire to go and do other things that make him happy, played a decision in him stepping down. I'm sure that the, just the general stresses of that job, you're on television for four or five nights a week. That's hard. It's a long day. Fine. But when you add on mm. top of that pain and just suffering and just all types of bullshit happening. Also, the, the Daily Show is far more global than it was mm. under John Stewart in terms of the way we're all interconnected because of social media. But in the interim, it's time now for Cody's most outstanding employee of the week. Now, we're talking music today. And um, one important part of music is dance. You True. know, you have a little dance, you know, you're talking to a um choir director and you know this brother has his hand in band as well and one thing that we know about band there's always dances there's a little baton twirlers we had in high school I don't remember what they were called did you twirl batons JG no I'm not really coordinated so I couldn't be on those things did you wear a non-Christian skirt with super thick didn't I just tell you I couldn't be on that Mm -hmm. stuff because I'm not coordinated Glittering tassels. I wanted to be out there, but I wanted to be one of the. What did you call those ladies? I don't know what they're called. Majorettes. Did you wear a hypersexualized outfit that you had no fucking business being in at the age of fourteen, Jacqueline? Dorothy don't play that. Prancing up and down a football field while fucking grown men look at you? No. Dance team. When I went to the University of Alabama to graduate, a boy, not graduate, excuse me, to look at the tour, a boy passed by me and said, see you in the fall. My daddy said, you ain't fucking going here. Exact words. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> exact words. You can cut all that. <laughs> oh no, we're not. Oh, hell no, that was hilarious. That's damn. Thank you. Thank you, third. So one part of the band and music experience in a lot of football games is the majorette squad, you know, a team mm. of black women that do a nice little sexy eight count. Think the Laker girls, but with oh. rhythm and season. Shout out Mahogany Emotion down there in Morehouse. At the University of Southern California, a young woman by the name of Princess Isis Lang. Oh. Oh, Princess walking around the campus and like A.G. Gaston said, find a need and fulfill it. Mm-hmm. She noticed that there was no majorette team at USC, so she took it to herself to form an all-black majorette squad and they took to the stands at a recent USC game and she posted the video showing black America that she has started a majorette team at a PWI. Really? Go ahead on, sis. And black people said, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, princess? no. <laughs> Did they really? That sounds like black people. Oh, yeah. They said to Princess, quote, and there was a lot of conversation, you know, positive and negative about what she did. And I understand both sides. of it. A lot of people said, quote, mm. if a black college isn't good enough for you, stop trying to replicate black college culture at a white school. Y'all do this mm. every time. And I'm tired of this. And a lot of people have countered, you know, they're saying, you know, there's nothing wrong with her bringing representation to her school. You know, a black girl wants to create a dance space for other black girls on her campus. And y'all got a problem with that. So Mm. the 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 fear that a lot of black people have, J.G., is that Mm -hmm. by her creating something black in a white space, we all know that things that are black and trendy and dope and fun to look at and fun to do as evidenced by all the TikTok dances that are stolen. Mm hmm. You're going to see white dance squads that are essentially doing HBs. They're essentially going to be doing black college cosplay. But they've so, been doing that. You had white women pledging Delta since the 70s. Yeah, but we're just talking football. Let's just keep it on the field. We're not talking right, Greek I'm culture. Sorry. I'm sorry. But, I, but I'm sorry. I get what you're saying. There's already a degree of that. But a lot of people take issues for this. And they are saying that this sister princess Isis uh, is essentially a willful participant in what will become the dilution of something that's been wow. black for a very long time. And so, that's heavy because USC feels like a black school sometimes. I know it's a big, huge white school, but when you out there in LA, the amount of black folks that are at USC and that support USC, it is the closest feel of a California school to like the real HBCU experience mm. that you would get back in the I time. can see both yeah. sides. I think she yeah. needs to negotiate possibly for bringing something Ooh. up the school. She needs to march right in there to that school and say, hello, Mr. President. I just did something that brought your school good and bad publicity. Either way, you're on the map even further. So therefore, I deserve Four free semesters or quarters, depending on what they're on. Office little black ass girl in town. <laughs> I will not, I sir. And if you call me little black ass girl again, we're gonna have a serious problem. 
she did all the right things too, which is really what makes this story kind of sad to me. Because she went in, she got the she she went to the student council, she got the the right funding, oh, she got the prop, she got the proper stuff that she needed to do to make sure that when she went to the football it. game, they didn't kick her and the rest of the crew out. She literally did everything that you're supposed to do. It's almost like to me, it's almost like starting or chartering a sorority. And, and, and she okay. went I love this. She went through all of the steps. And and for me, that's what I like the most that's about this because move. you got to think in all the years of USC and all of the black folks that they got that went to USC, nobody ever did this. And mainly because they thought they might not have been looked at, but she's the one, she's a catalyst to me. I'm, I'm very yeah, impressed with the young I, I like it. I think that I understand the backlash from my fellow mm-hmm. HBCU brethren that mm-hmm. we want mm-hmm. these things that are black in black spaces to remain within these black spaces. And if you take something that is inherently and so hyper specific to our culture over to a mm-hmm. white campus, you are introducing the possibility for it to be torn apart by culture vultures. I understand yeah, that part of the game, yeah. but we got to be real about the fact that a lot of black people don't go to black colleges Correct. for whatever reason they choose not True. to go and in those spaces where they choose to go they are sitting on a white island so what are we supposed to do leave them on a cultural island because of where they mm-hmm. chose to get an education mm-hmm. there's no way to get both there's no way to get a little bit of a smidge of what you would have got in an HBCU yeah. now I'm not going to sit here and say that the cardinal divas of USC are as good as the honeybees or as good as anything that's popping over there in DC with third and them. But it is still an opportunity for black women to commiserate with other black women and for them white boys to see what them black women are working with, boy. But wait a minute. That's going to create more interracial relationships. <laughs> like that. I like that. I like that. I, I, I like the fact that you are creating something specific because I can speak as a comedian. I've performed for the black student unions at white schools. Mm -hmm. That's only Mm -hmm. a thing that exists at white schools. schools. A group of black students whose only job it is, is to bring black shit to the campus so that the black students can feel like they got something that they wanted to see instead of fucking Kenny Chesney. So how is this different than the BSU bringing future for $50,000. How is this different than the BSU having a spades night? Do we not want white folk learning about spades? How is this different than the BSUs doing step doing step shows that aren't Greek? Like, you know and, what I mean? Like yeah. all of this. Your third, I take that back. I'm with you on this Greek shit now. Because how many white sororities are emulating all of the divine mm-hmm. nine black steps? Sh- so then let's then fuck it. Especially, fuck it. especially, look, especially for the record, in the South, specifically Southern SEC schools, white sororities now do party walks and they take the same party walk lines the strolls, that the AKAs yeah. and the Deltas do, the strolls, and they just co-opt them for their sororities. So they're out there doing party walks to straight up country where music. where you think they got that from? You think they got that from fucking Alcorn State or fucking mm-hmm. Alabama A&M? No, they got it mm-hmm. from black Greek sororities doing that shit at white Greek functions at white schools. 
Mm-hmm. And they were like, ooh, I want to do it. That's cool. And they stole it from the Fort Valley States. They stole it from all the other schools. But it's a partial stealing, and it's also a partial that sometimes they enlisted those young ladies from those spots to teach them how to do that stuff. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's a give you're, and take. You're not, if you're going to be mad at Princess Isis Lane for forming a little black-ass dance troupe to dance in front of this guy. Also, USC's football team is terrible. Why do you give a fuck? They haven't been relevant since Reg- Reggie Bush. Since Reggie Bush got there. stolen Heisman. Right? Fucking oh. Matt like, mm-hmm. so, like, Let them fucking dance. But if you're going to be mad at them, then you have to be mad at all of the other entities on campus whose job it is right. is to create black cultural exclusive experiences for the student body. Mm, I do support this. I think it's wonderful. I see both sides of the issue. I also... I completely understand the Yes, I, I, get, I get the angles. I also hope that it grows. And I hope that at this college and or any college, any woman no matter what her complexion is, her color, her race, her creed can be a part of it. This is not just mm-hmm. belonging to Wait one group. Now. Hang on now. No. Hang on Mm-mm. now. We got to we okay. started all black first and then we'll, we'll hold auditions. <laughs> right, then we can we eventually I'm sure there, this uh, school has a dance. We can, well, then go do that. This is the Cardinal Divas. And mm. If you want to be a Cardinal Diva, baby, you got mm. to know your eight count and snap. Period. There are women who are have no pigmentation who can dance, Roy. For forming the Cardinal Divas of USC and just making that white campus just a little bit blacker, even if only temporary, until we have white tryouts and Latino tryouts and European trials. Princess Isis Lane, you are Cody's most Yay. outstanding employee of the week. Okay, Princess. Brought to you by Sackleson State. Community college. Well, you might be a ten. As always, <laughs> let's talk to this choir director. <laughs> Third, have you seen these anemic ass marching bands that they are putting on the field? It now? is a shame and a travesty to all things marching band. I don't care if it's white and schools or black schools. Everybody's now reduced to the. It's like one tuba, like the snare drum. Yeah. The dude on the snare got one stick. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you can't they even don't. play tempales because they can't. They don't. They don't know where the third drum is. JG. They, they don't know where the third drum is. Kids out there playing them like they out there hand scotching on the drums. Instruments with the other team. This is oh, for real yeah. shit. That's, That's true. Nasty. Hey, yeah. brother, can we borrow your xylophone? Y'all done with y'all for me. Let me get the strap. We need a clarinet, too. Come up off that clarinet. Your clarinet. No, no, I don't even Come need to change there. the mouthpiece. Just keep your slob on it. That, that is disgusting. That's a reed on that. That's yeah, disgusting. Yeah, called, yeah, the reed, the little, the, the yeah, yeah, that little, stick of wood, that little yeah, moist. Little, you gotta wet up. Oh, it's yeah. so nasty. You ain't moist wood. And you, I'm sorry. That's disrespectful. That was, that was a disrespectful question, Jacqueline. I respect wood. you as a co-host. I should not be asking if you want moist wood. We have an educator on the line, and we need to be respectful, oh please. JG, who do we have on he the phone? He just came from church. <laughs> he did. That's the bad part. Uh, I might need to go back. <laughs> and take <laughs> us with you. <laughs> turn around and go right back. <laughs> we have Zachary Banks. Zachary serves as the choir director for Ramsey High School in Birmingham, Alabama. For Yes. Hmm, mm. Know a little bit about 
Never heard of that employee's famous alumni include Roy Virginia. For years, Jack Zachary has championed the importance of music programs within schools, wishing people viewed music programs the same way they did sports programs. Zachary mm. will be talking to you, Roy, about the erasure of school programs and his choir's upcoming trip to Carnegie Hall next year. Hi, Zachary. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? Now, Brother Banks, talk to us a little bit, you know, just from your perspective, teaching music in this in public schools, mind you, why has there been an erasure and why isn't there a bigger alarm being sounded about the arts slowly eroding away from our schools? Well, you actually alluded to part of an issue uh, in the idea that people having this thought of you have to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't. You, uh, things True. are operating in a way that we can be multifaceted. We would like to play to everybody's talents and uh, being able to do so is important. Uh, just to put it in perspective, in my school at Ramsey, uh, in which I'm also a graduate of, we okay. respect, we, respect. we make sure that uh, when we have a concert, I've got many kids that are involved in many different organizations. I've got a number of football players, baseball players, basketball, men's and women's. I've got all types of kids involved in Future Teachings of America, all these other organizations. If we have an event at school and we're performing, I tell them and instruct them, wear the uniform for the other organization. Mm -hmm. I want to show that diversity on the stage when it's time to perform. Mm -hmm. And that makes a big difference. Um, It also helps people to see it's like, okay, you can do multiple things. We've had universities come down to recruit and uh, their choirs will come and perform and they'll ask, how many of you guys are music majors? How many of you guys are uh, non-majors? How many of you guys are doing this? So they show off that there's diversity within Mm -hmm. the group. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that's one part that you don't have to choose. Um, Another issue is funding. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's probably the number one. we're not necessarily the most financially, no, financial generating organization for the greater establishment sometimes. Uh, and in some ways that kind of can come to a detriment because the do- you know, money talks. Um, but at the same time, what you're taking away from these students is far more than something that money can actually buy. You're removing the opportunity for them to have joy. You're removing an opportunity for them to express themselves in a way that they don't get to do in the math, science, history, English class. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with also the situation where you have teachers that in number of uh, school systems are paid by the actual school system money, not the state. Um, there are certain school systems where uh, the money that pays this, the music teachers comes out of the actual system budget, the school system budget, and not coming from the state budget like all the other teachers, the core teachers are paid. Wow. So that- So do they get part of the 401k plan then? Because in the state of Alabama, <laughs> wait a minute now. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the the thing about it is, is that we still we still get all the, all the bells and whistles that comes with it, okay. all the benefits are there. But the issue that, that comes to play is when it's time to cut cut money or make budget cuts in your That's local district, 
who's going to get the chopping block? Because the money coming from the state is still coming. But what you need so to you're catch- saying if it's coming down between paying for, for lack of a better word, um, a new basketball arena mm-hmm. or keeping on the money for the choir, more than likely they're going to go for the basketball arena versus the choir. Mm-hmm. It, it depends on the so situation, but yeah, it, but yeah. That, that does uh, that does occur from time to time. What are what are the programs that are well? I, I mean, athletics, I would assume, of course, but athletics also have boosters and outside money coming mm-hmm. in that is earmarked specifically for that particular athletic organization. They don't even spread the dope evenly throughout all of the other athletic programs. You know, I had a long conversation um, with one of my partners said that's um, one of the coaches over there at Ramsey softball. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about the situation with just the softball team. Third, there's nine city high schools sharing two softball fields or yep. it's something, it's something like it's something yep. ridiculous. So, in addition to athletics, what are some of the other programs that tend to get that t- where the money tends to leapfrog music and la- where does the money land if not in the music department other than athletics? Uh, that really goes school to school, system to system. Okay. Like for instance, uh, Ramsey, we have tons of programs. I mean, we offer. Mm-hmm. So many different programs, so that those academic, dollars academic, get academic back yeah. to Lauren and yeah, yeah. did I say that word right? I, I don't have clearly. I don't yes. have one because I couldn't even pronounce it. <laughs> you got it, international baccalaureate um, okay. or IB. Yeah. IB is way easier. Yes, that, that's right. true. IB. That, that's why we say it. But though we get kind of made fun of because our Ramsey IB High School, the abbreviation is Rib High School, which that's not quite <laughs> right. especially given that we are. Primarily black high school. Oh, wow. oh, that's nice. That's all right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It sounds like a fundraising thing to me, Zach. Y'all can yeah. keep it, but you know, I'm just saying. You know, yeah. get mad at us eating these ribs, or you can join us eating these ribs. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we. You know, I. I, I sometimes we try to step away from those things, uh, if you if you will. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, that money, I mean, a school like Ramsey, each dollar gets spread thin. I mean, because we got to split it to so many directions, so many ways. Uh, at some other schools, you might have other programs. And ironically enough, the band programs get a lot more help down here in the South because of their connection to football. Uh, mm. And that's not that's not me knocking band. I've of course not. No, yeah. no. This is just about where the money is earmarked. Yeah, sometimes that money gets moved that way. But I'm also that's also not saying that that's an equal statement for everybody because our band director here, he, I mean, he he's pulling teeth, man. We're gonna talk with you a little more in a second, brother Banks. Right now, we got the homie Narado standing by. And Zach, <laughs> what's up, Narado? What's up, man? Well, uh, Zach, this would be a good time for your going to church ass to leave because after the break, Rod is gonna take this. <laughs> show off the rails and I don't know how much you listen to us mm. but this ain't what you want that you run oh, Zach, me and Zach went to college together bro Zach knows exactly what I'm all about absolutely <laughs> oh shit <laughs> Zach, Zach was there long before I ever thought about doing comedy I, I've got I've got one of my favorite stories one of my the best jokes and best joke moments ever was Nerado with us okay. sitting down in the cab we were sitting in the lunchroom and uh, he was reading the, the school paper. We had, you know, we had the, the Alabama school paper. And so he's just sitting there and his back's to the to like the wall. We had the tie tables and everybody came into the cab from the front. 
And so the line coming in, everybody getting, you know, swiping their car, going into the lunchroom. And we had a girl, we had two girls, one girl who, a soccer player that had, had one arm and a, we had another girl who had one leg and they came into the calf back to back. And I'll never forget, I was sitting across from, from Rod. Oh, no. oh, and this man, like, if you ever watched yes. The Grinch That Stole Christmas, when, when that smile just grows up on The Grinch's face, that's, that's what I saw with Rod. And then he just held up the newspaper. And the, the, the headline was, tuition to go up at Montevallo. And he looked and pointed towards the door and said, y'all, it's official. It now costs an arm and a leg to go to the University of Montevallo. <laughs> That's good. What I tell you. That's good. I was destined for this business. <laughs> we, we were late to class. We were late to class. And we were in the cafeteria hollering. Man, man, oh, it was great. <laughs> Rod, you ain't shit. You going to hell. After the break, holla at the homie Dorado, a.k.a. Rod for short. It's a job fair. We'll be right back. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Job fair. And we back in it. We are talking about the death of music in schools with a wonderful, wonderful teacher and choir director, Brother Zach Banks of Ramsey High School in Birmingham. Got Zach standing by the scam of the week. He's going to break down a little bit more about why music has left the schools and what these teachers can do. Wake up, all the teachers got to <laughs> teaching that music. And kids sharing Aww. trumpets. That's nasty. You ain't got no money. Mm-mm. You're sharing woodwind instruments and now you uh, got to bump on your lip. You don't ew. know how to bump. God damn, it's there for the rest of your life. <laughs> well, don't get no better. <laughs> nasty. I can't. If we sharing <laughs> instruments, well, why, 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 why? You, you have my reads. voice back, ain't you, JG? I am. Right, motherfucker. <laughs> my voice I'm is so back. happy. <laughs> it's time to slow it down for a minute, though, before we get back to Brother Zach. And, um, this is a man that is, uh, I imagine, emotionally down right now, third. He is an oh. open New England Patriots fan, and they having some struggles right now. Early goings of his football season. Mm. Uh, he has a minor and mm-hmm. how to get money from white women. Make them feel bad about it. 
He's undefeated in pregnancy scares with a lifetime record of 43-0-2. He's an international gentleman of leisure and, true, a former veterinarian assistant. His mama named him Narado. We call him Rod for short. Rod, did you sing in the choir? We just found out, and Third don't want to really get into it, but Third was singing in college. Yeah, I uh, I sang in the choir in elementary school. Nice. Um, and then after that, I never really sang in any formal capacity. I sang two girls a couple times, personally. Mm. But last time mm. I was in an actual choir, or some shit was yeah, elementary school. Man, Dolly Parton invited us to come sing at Dollywood, and we did. That was good <gasps> oh, time. Dolly, you serious? Yeah. 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 Dolly Parton been down with niggas for a long time, man. That's a record show. Yeah, man, I was mm-hmm. in the fifth grade. Dolly just inviting black kids. Yeah, Y'all ain't got us, no vocal skills. Flew us out to Nashville. Flew? Yeah. That's it. Y'all should have been on a bus. Yeah, it was the flight. <laughs> hey, the flight was like, it was like 50 minutes. It was like a 50 minute flight. <laughs> but you know, you, so you, know listen, you know how corporate money goes. Corporations don't know what anything is worth. They just have a budget mm. and they just spend the budget. So she flew our asses from Birmingham to Nashville. You can write that off. You can nice. write that off. Was up in the hotel for the weekend and all that jazz. It was a good time. <laughs> That's insane, man. Well, we That's bring Rod on this program to give you topics to talk with coworkers you can't stand, coworkers of the opposite race. That one coworker who keeps telling you the same fucking story because their life. I know, right? Has no. Mm. No meaning. Has no action. No meaning. None. And every every couple months they coming in and tell you about that time they went to Vegas. Nick, I know you went to Who Vegas. Who cares? Fifteen. Did I tell you I got drunk though? You know I got drunk, right? I had so some Bitcoin. I had Bitcoin, and then I sold it. Man, I would have been rich. Shut the fuck up and go back to your desk. <laughs> now let's not be mean about it, but it does get annoying. How many? How many times can that person come with the same story? How many times can your coworker tell you the same boring ass story? And y'all out of shit to talk about uh, before I get to be rude. How many days a week are there, sir? That's the easy answer for that. That's just. Yeah, you ain't got no answer for that, do you, JG? You, got, <laughs> you ain't got no answer. I didn't really know what she was doing. I thought the screen was frozen for a second. I was confused. Nah. So, Rob, we turn it over to you, man. Get these people a couple topics they can bring up at the at the workplace and the job, the delivery truck, what have you, wherever they are, the construction site. A, uh, an Olympic Valley, California, 7-Eleven employee. I love 7-Eleven. Oh, well, you're going to love this then. Uh, recently posted a video of an encounter with a shoplifter he had coming to the store about 1.30 a.m. Came in, rampaging the place, stealing snack after snack after snack, and it was a goddamn bear. Oh, oh no. Hell no. <laughs> Mm. Just gotta like a baby bear? Was it a baby bear? Not like a baby bear. A full grown <laughs> ass bear. Oh, hell no, nah, son. And the, the video is hilarious. The clerk, I wanna I wanna give him his credit. Uh he did not fall victim to the DNA that says, Can I touch that? 
He stayed behind okay. the counter while filming, and uh, the video's pretty funny. He cracked a couple funny jokes with the bear, but the bear really did come in and just started stealing the fuck out of some snacks. Good. Good for these animals. <laughs> good. No, it's not good. Let yes, that be a lesson to people to stop leaving those CBD trees out in the woods, you know what I'm saying, when they don't hit right. Listen, mm. I, I think that as we intrude and expand these metropolises uh-huh. into animal territory, the animals are getting smarter. The, the bear, these are the same bears, JG, that dumpster dive up in Alaska and all of that stuff. Like rural parts of like the Dakotas in Washington State where you can't leave your house without a gun because it just might oh. be a fucking bear. Well, it happens in most places, but that's like usually where the stores come from. But like places that bears are close to neighborhoods, they know when trash day is. Really? They, they come down on like the <laughs> Tuesday and Friday where you put your trash out. They come to the neighborhood on some neighborhood <laughs> watch shit and start just ripping up <laughs> trash cans because they always oh, trash. Oh, oh it's Tuesday. You know what that means? Oh, <laughs> I support. I, I support efficient animals, bro. That's efficiency. No. As far as I'm concerned, that is all right. Um, if you work in a store and a bear shows up and starts shoplifting. Is that your last day at that store? Absolutely. No question <laughs> it's coming for me. back. You gotta let me hold. You gotta at least let me carry bear mace. What's up? Mm. Oh. I want to kill this motherfucker, but a no. ride something to get him off me. He's not coming to here. you. He's going to the not snacks. Yet. Not yet. How you know he ain't gonna smell all that shit behind the counter? Motherfucker might want a black and mild. <laughs> <laughs> The black and miles coming all the places and shit. On. You can smell that wild grape, cherry. I don't smell. Yeah. Well, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, no, that's the day. Look, that's the day I quit for real. The day a bear come in there, ask me for a pack of banana backwoods. I'm done. I'm gone. I'm gone. You know, that's all you, sir. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's mace a bear. Quick ride. Oh. Yes, yes. I wouldn't kill it. I wouldn't mace it. I would spray him uh-huh. in the fucking face and tell no. him I'm going home tonight. I'm going home. <laughs> Jacqueline, you can't hug every animal. Every animal I'm, oh, I'm not touching any animals, period. But when the bear comes in, you go out. The bear's not going to come towards How? you. How? How? What? The millions of bear attacks that have happened in world history will tell you the bear will come towards you. The no, bear is going to the snacks. In that instance. What does your book say? Where's your book, Roy? Where's your book that tells you how to get out of this stuff? You need bear mace. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I do know for sure a predatory animal you're not mm-hmm. supposed to run from because in- instincts kick in and the motherfucker goes running after you. Yes. So you're supposed to stand your ground, make yourself big, make loud noises. Now, if you don't do I'm that... making noises. You're going to get eight to four. <laughs> one one <laughs> thing that really works in making noises is to uh, is to sing to them because they're not... They've never, they've never heard it. It confuses them. <laughs> Mm-mm. Uh here here we go. Please. Uh from from my book Extreme Survival page 232 if you want to read along in the congregation. <laughs> if you are approached by a bear, remain calm and motionless and make soothing noises if you can. Do not ever try to outrun a bear. Mhm. 
It can cover 55 yards in three seconds from a standstill. It's faster than Deion Sanders, buddy. That's twice. That's if it attacks, try to scare it off with loud noises or pepper spray if those are options. Otherwise, curl up into a ball and wait for the bear to accept that you are no longer a threat. And poop but you gonna run on, run out. Come on around that counter, JG. <laughs> I, I really, I really, I really don't like how your book said make soothing sounds, and then when it attacks you, make loud sounds. That sounds like simulated sex. That shit doesn't work right. Like it was you had like foreplay, Mister Bear. Hey, Bear, how you doing? <laughs> Uh, Mr. Bear, are you upset today? I hope you're not upset so today, you Mr. Don't bite Bear. Me cool right Y'all laughing, but that is the, that's the exact tone. You're supposed to talk to them like that. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's fine. I'm going to recite Barry White's Love to Love You, Baby, and hope that they don't kill me on the way out. Ain't no damn way. <laughs> Let's flip it up for the people, Rock. Uh, now, Roy, you would appreciate this one as, as a man with some questionable crushes. Um, oh my God! Rachel Dolezal Damn. is back in the news. You might remember her from 2015, the <laughs> transracial scandal where the president of the Spokane, Washington chapter of the NAACP was found out to have been a white woman living as black. She's back now. She, no blackface. No, she just yeah, like, she's just she just like braids and, and a lot of tanner. And to get her tan mm-hmm. on, and she always felt black inside, so she's black now. And uh, yeah, she said I was transracial. Transracial. <laughs> so uh, Rachel Dolezal is apparently very in love with Rihanna's "Savage" by Fenty line of lingerie, and to mm-hmm. pay homage to that, she has created an OnlyFans account where she is showing off oh. that fake black ass. And some oh savage by Fenty's finest. So if you any know, of you brothers ever wondered what all... she looked like up under that dashiki, for nine ninety nine a month, mm. she got you covered. And I gotta tell you, it ain't looking bad. Rise <laughs> 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 the supporter, baby. No. Support the artist, right? No, I, I, I don't. I didn't, I didn't buy anything. I, a couple pictures have come out as promo. I refuse to. I don't pay for porn yeah, or sex in any capacity. Now, that's for the record, right, let me just say, there's a lot of people listening. Never said I had a crush on Rachel Dolezal. I simply said she was about a set. <laughs> Because that was an offline conversation we had. Because I don't want people like going through the back catalog of shows trying to find the clip where I said that's not what I said. I said Rachel Dolezal could probably get into Sackleson State with the scouts. That's 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 what I said. Now here, here's now question. Seven as a black woman or a white woman? That's an important <laughs> distinction. We got to see if her black crack. <laughs> I mean, you can see Damn. that black you know, crack if a nine ninety nine a month. Mm. <laughs> Done. This podcast is on the last <laughs> Done. <laughs> you can get it wherever you find this podcast. <laughs> I got a fucking 
a teacher on, Rod. We have a teacher on. High school students, you bringing up black booty cracks. <laughs> Is it black, though? We never we did done. answer that question. We're Just, done. Scam of the week time. I'm sorry. Scam of the week time. Let's get back to Brother Ben. It's kind of tough to uh, be honest with you and sit here and listen to you talk about the struggle, my man. Like, it's, uh, I sang in college. I was on my college glee club, which is the first time in show history I've ever even admitted. Why did I not know but, that about you? Because we're going to skip it and keep going. But the bigger <laughs> point is, like, in high schools, um, especially now, I noticed that uh, it's almost like there's been a pull away from the arts. I, I, I feel as though uh, when I was in high school, they encourage you to do things like forensics. They encourage you to do uh, things like chorus. They, they encourage you to do things like band. Now, granted, I wasn't in Alabama, so I don't know what y'all was going no, through. Y'all you, had gang fights named, and everything else. everything that was at Ramsey. Word, that's beautiful. That was because I that. know where I was at in Northern Virginia, that was a that was a huge part of it. It was a, it was a very big thing. But what I noticed as the years went on, um, it almost felt like education pulled itself away from the arts, like what in mass. Exactly. You know what I mean? And, and that's kind of what I was was trying to, to ask you about, Zach. Like, have you have you noticed that kind of a thing? Because before, like you know, it, I know at the high school that I went to. Um, my former choral teacher spoke to me about the fact that this was the first year where they had madrigals by, by, for lack of a better word, whoever, whoever shows up makes it. Hmm. Like if you, if you're here, if we have three altos this year at madrigals, it's fine. We don't care. What's a madrigal? I I don't, I'm, I legitimately don't know what that is. Is that like open tryouts? Well, no, no. That's probably the name of the group that he that they had at their school. Uh, but a magical is actually a piece of music. It's a it's actually a, a small you know ensemble piece of music. Um, right. And okay. if, in my school, in my high school, or in Northern Virginia, magicals uh, are the best singers in the high schools. Like they they that's that's what they call it. I, you're right. It's a piece of music, but it's a piece of music by a small group of people. And in up and, and that's what they were doing but it's normally a tryout it's almost like a chair system for magicals like you all you have like a first alto a second alto a third alto uh and at home this is the first time like in almost 30 years where they only got one alto they only got one and like these are people they weren't even very good they were just you know what we'll take you because you showed up Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, and I and I and I and I'm trying to figure out like is is that more of what we're seeing now? With yeah, this erasure of music is it strictly about finance or is there a higher or has there been a shift in priorities on what mm-hmm. they choose to teach kids, especially in the public school sector? Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer to that question is yes. One, as I just came back from a service, I'll say that the evolution of music in even the churches, moving kind of away from your big choir scenes and choir, you know, church choirs everywhere, that plays one part. So the importance of that, especially on the choral side, gets removed because you don't see that every week, every Sunday or Wednesday or Thursday, whenever you have that. the why, real quick, why why have the churches changed? It's just a change in the sound, change in the style of service. You got younger pastors; they want a different feel. Do choirs seem too dated? Money. You got people showing up, and there's money missing, like on, on both sides. Like it's, it's, it's just not the same. Like 
yeah. w- without going too far yeah. into what Hillsong and all that stuff is out from Australia. Come on. I love Hillsong. Wait a minute now. Absolutely. It was started for profit. And so it was started for profit. Yes. Yeah, but that's not choir. What like is, choir is not what for is Hillsong? profit. Like, Listen, so, I, ain't, I ain't been to church regularly in about a decade. So y'all y'all start talking about church. <laughs> y'all got to break down some of this. Okay. The name of the original group that I think based out of Australia was Hillsong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. not knocking. I mean, that's just saying that, that that's that's what they were. But the prominence, mm-hmm. it's really like uh, rally pop. Uh, it's like a religious pop music. Rally pop is the right word. Yeah. That is exactly what it and is. So religious pop music. That idea, because uh, I teach a whole lesson on the history of, of American music, and we go from the point where you have the spirituals going into co- traditional gospel, going to modern gospel, where you start getting the commercialization of gospel, and then mm-hmm. from that, it goes into, again, commercialization meaning money, we get down to the end of the timeline, and it's like, oh, because my kid, we actually just taught the lesson this morning, and my kids kind of looked at me, it was like, wait a minute, so we went from on the fields to now hit the bottom of the timeline, most of the groups on here are white. And I said, yeah, that's kind of uh, how that plays out. Um, mm-hmm. And Hillsong is a worldwide, worldwide number one, worldwide yeah. number one uh, group making this music. And though I know that, I mean, the ambitions of the individuals in that may be great. And I, you know, I, I don't, that's not passing judgment upon those people, but I'm just saying that from the top, there was a lot of influence to make money, and that, that's why the leaders are that they are still in court today. That. I mean, that's not a problem. They yeah. told you we're here to make money. Well, I mean, boom. Yeah, but see, even in them telling you that they're there to make money, there's still people in the church who ain't necessarily going there to make money. They go in there because Those they need help and spiritual churches. advice and all that kind of stuff. They, well, no, 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 let me let me say this as a church musician: it's hmm. different to have be uh, paid for your talents and abilities to help lead service versus you leading service to make money. Absolutely, they're mm-hmm. leading service to make who, money. Which, There's no question. Which. Which part? Which part of that is God? Is it the money, or they're not interested in the God aspect? Even though the God aspect is there, so this two different things. That's your problem, right? So these churches are hiring these styles of groups or house bands per se, and paying them, which eliminates the need for a choir, which then changes. And if church operates as a musical farm system for the school system, Mm -hmm. did public schools stop caring about music? Or did they just not having the money to keep music within their program? You're saying the first thing was church. And that, what's the yes, next? Thing? That's one. Second would be just all out the reason to keep coming. Uh, what's the incentive for a teacher in 2022 to keep coming to work? It's not much. I mean, it's we don't get paid enough. Uh, yeah, we get great benefits. I mean, the only time I really feel great sometimes when I go to the doctor and I see my copay versus everybody else. But no, you're right. And the kids are meaner. <laughs> oh the kids God. are so much meaner now. They're, they can be. They can be meaner, and they, they also are be. more fragile. So it's kind of this interesting. I agree. I absolutely balance. agree. It's like okay, mm-hmm. you're both uh, emotionally fragile. So, so yeah, mm-hmm. what part of what that meanness is is that it doesn't take anything to set set somebody off, and, uh, because right. you know, again, without going into another, you know, dissertation on on social media and the effects it has on it on on the youth, uh, that that. Mm. 
that weakening of the psyche of the average person is uh but you know what's that and i ain't trying to cut your yeah, wisdom yeah. home but i also tell you this what you sitting on right there is also another reason that we see in a decline in the band and the, the core yes. program i had to understand that when people were giving me very hard criticisms to, to learn how to take those hard criticisms and not take those personally with the fragility of a lot of the kids and stuff that i see now so like how do you deal with that now like yeah, because that seems to be an influence without tearing down like, yeah without tearing them down i find myself having to explain a lot and i mean you know mm-hmm. and we that which kind of goes against my training uh my, my professors at uh the university of montevallo they helped me a lot they taught me a lot and one of the things that we were taught was how to be precise mm-hmm. one of the things about the being precise is you you're not supposed to explain so much as you go into every piece That's of instruction right. but you have to now because if you just outright just say that was wrong, do that again because of this, they might get crushed. You have to kind of go in now and say, you guys are working really hard and I appreciate your effort and I, I'm happy that you guys are doing this and giving me so much. Well, what we got to do is uh, work on this, this and this. That's the thing. Now, we can't now social media didn't just hit the kids. Now, let's 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 put that in there. It didn't just hit the kids. We know what the problems are. and We understand now the struggles that you're dealing with at this particular job of high school choir director. Uh, how do we fix it? Let's get into that after the break. I'm sure the answer is money. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty, beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Job Fair, bring it in home. Talk about the erasure of music in our schools and the struggles of that, you know, as a high school choir director. Brother Banks, what can parents do? What can people do? Is there anything like, you know, when we start getting to you know, the school board and superintendents and things like that. How can we lobby to bring more attention to what's mm. happening to music in our schools and trying to get more money that's designated for this? Like, it's one thing to go out and raise money for a department, but to actually get the state and local officials and the school system to go, hey, wait, we have to make sure that this matters. Parents, One, if you're a parent and your child does not have a music program or an aspect of a music program or any other fine arts program that's not at your school, start asking why. Hmm. That's the first thing. Make as much noise Hmm. as possible and ask why, because that's an opportunity that your child may not have. Uh, We have students Hmm. that leave here and go off to do things in the arts that may that you have to think about how many schools in your area, Birmingham included, that don't have these programs. 
uh, and how many students are, how many of the greatest musicians are out there? Um, I, I, I'm going to quote a friend of mine once he uh, made a statement about saying um, that the next Mozart probably never picked up a piece of music and probably never got a chance to go to a school where there was a program. So we never, the next Mozart may have maybe in a, at a cubicle somewhere. Um, yeah. uh, parents all, that are at schools that have the programs be involved, support, support, support. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's always got to be money, time, treasures and talent. Those are the three things we always ask of our parents. If you can devote time towards the programs, then the treasures can come in. Uh, our, uh, our parent base here at Ramsey, uh, they're working now. Uh, we've got like three or four fundraisers going right now because we're trying to raise up this money. So they're, uh, the parents are stepping in and doing their own fundraising outside of the school, separate from our program. Uh, and that's, that's been pretty helpful. Uh, and so being involved, supporting the program, stepping in, making a council outside of that school that also helps to make donations to your programs uh, where the hmm. departments may fall short, where the cities may fall short. That's where you can uh, the parents can come in and take up that, that spot. Talk to us a little bit about about this trip that you all have decided to try and organize for the choir and why this trip is important, because I know a lot of people it's easy when you think about big time field trips for students. It's easy for it to be, you know, they don't need to be doing all that. What are you going to see all of that? But I really think it serves a greater purpose in the long run. But just tell us a little bit about this, um, this trip to Carnegie Hall that JG was talking about. So, you know, we got the invitation. Uh, uh, one, uh, we actually had two invitations mm -hmm. from two different directors here in uh, Alabama yes. to come up to Carnegie Hall to perform uh, a various set of works uh, with our students. And, you know, one of my things that I've said I've said this for all of my career and my kids from some of my former schools uh, that I taught at uh, know this phrase very well. Let music take you places. That is Amen. that is the thing to try to keep students motivated. The more you stay in music. I mean, I, look, I'm from Birmingham, too. Uh, uh, like I said, I went to Ramsey. My family was not all that well off we had enough to make it work live comfortably as well as we could and make it through yeah. so traveling going on vacation was a neighboring state at best you know going to atlanta mm -hmm. going to tennessee georgia florida uh but Gatlinburg and uh, then you go down to Dolphin Island. Yes, and yes, yes. Maybe yes. you go to Biloxi. If, if you're lucky, you got you get a Panama City trip in there. Uh, <laughs> that, that's, that's living that's it up true. right there. Um, yeah. uh, that's but, true. But once I got into college, once I started hanging out with people like Rod down there and then going out to college, you know, going to college, getting a chance to go to so many places and getting a chance to uh, go on tour with choirs, uh, going to perform in different places, being a part of a church, choirs going to perform in different uh, different churches, doing all these things. I just got from got back from London a month ago uh, and that was mm -hmm. being in a church choir. And so. And that trip was mostly paid for. In fact, I actually got paid for being there for singing in the choir while I was mm -hmm. there. So it's that's, that's the kind of stuff where I'm just saying, look, I'm getting this because God opened some doors for me and I walked through and I knew mm -hmm. I had a voice and I kept going. Um, 
I'm trying to give that opportunity to these kids. And for the parents that are, you know, I got parents at Ramsey that could take pay for their kids to go right now. If I said, hey, trips $3,000 covered, they got it covered. But I also got parents that mm -hmm. their kids have not been too far outside of Jefferson County. And so, yeah, this is the trip that when we work hard to get these kids, get these experiences to see these places and to make something that is fantasy mm -hmm. that they see on TV and on the internet be real. When they're standing in front of One World Trade instead of just looking at pictures of it. When they're standing on the stage at Carnegie Hall instead of looking at pictures of it. When they're standing, looking around the, 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 the metropolis of New York City and it's not just mm. a, a, a thumbnail or not a, a background on my computer. And the rats, too. Add that, the rats. Now, look, yeah, I, don't forget look, about the now, rats. I've been, yeah, I've been uh, to New York now. I, 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 I thought we could kick one, but that's just not been a good idea. Uh, that rat kick uh, you no, back. No. Well, he tried to take my shoe. That rat will rob you. He tried to take my shoe. That rat will take that shoe. Yeah. Word up. Yes, he will. Yeah. New York Yo. City rats what? are like Alabama cockroaches. They don't even flinch when you stomp look, your foot. Y'all got cockroaches and doggone mosquitoes that'll take you up like a damn Pterodactyl. Uh, I, I love everything you're saying, brother. Like, what what can we do to help? Well, thank you. What can we do to help to get these kids up to Carnegie so they can have this experience, so they can see more of the world, man? Because uh, the only other person, the only other person in my life who ever told me let music take you somewhere, the only other person who you sound like to me is uh, Dr. David Morrow at Morehouse College. Wow. Um, and and that's that's a powerful thing. You know what I'm saying? So, what can we do to help? What, what, can, what can I do to help? So, you know, continue to spread awareness like y'all doing right now. And also, you know, we've got uh, a cash app that we use, uh, RHS Choirs, and make sure I get the right thing here so I don't so much to send the money to the wrong place. But yeah, uh, mm. dollar sign RHS Choirs, uh, and you'll see the logo for our choir. Um, people can send money to that to help us fund this trip. May I suggest on the back end you consider, and I don't know if the school board or the school system or the state will allow that, but maybe a 501c3 because it would be great when you donate money that you can write it off as well. And then people will actually donate more because if I can put that $2,000 down and I can write that off at the end of the year guess what? People will do it that way. So so we're actually working on that. Yes. Uh, my parents, the parents on the side are working on that nonprofit status in the, uh -huh. what is being called the Ramsey Booster Club. Yes. So that is that is something that they're working on right now to get that status active so that we can start doing Excellent. things like that, taking donations. So what's that cash at one more time? Cash Spell that shit out, bro. What's that cash at? R-H-S-C-H-O-I-R-S. RHS right, put that dollar sign at the front of that. Dollar sign, yes. Okay. Well, Brother Zachary, we appreciate you for coming on. Um, appreciate you. I will make a. I got to remember my Cash App password first. <laughs> got I don't even know my Cash App password. Uh, put, me, put me down for a thousand. Put me down for a thousand. Now. But I'm challenging our job fair listeners to match that to make sure that these kids are able to come up to New York City to fulfill the dream of being bitten by a New York City rat. Oh. And with those superpowers, these children 
<laughs> will be able to take over the world. Maybe stealing shoes left and right, bro. That's what we are how much out the world to do. Give black kids superpowers. I know it's all about music education, but that ain't going to We got to market this this better, Zach. So give black kids superpowers. Shoot, if they survive the mosquito bites down here, like I said, forget the, forget the American Cross, man. Red Cross ain't got none of these mosquitoes like you talked about. Yeah, man. Well, we wish you we wish you nothing but the best uh, with everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for being an educator. Thank you for going above and beyond for these children and making sure that they're able to see a little bit more than DeSoto Caverns just outside of Birmingham. No disrespect to DeSoto Caverns. I know y'all listen. Um, uh, thank you so much for coming on the job, fair brother. Appreciate thank you. Thank you guys for having me. That's the show. Royce Job Fair is a product of iHeartMedia, Comedy Central, and South Park and Princeton Productions. And uh, thank you again to uh, Brother Banks and Ramsey High School. And good luck to them coming up to New York City to get themselves a rat bike. We'll see y'all next week. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.